I think the first thing that we talked about as a family is having some markers during the week. And you and I touched on this early, early on when we were talking about COVID, but we talked about like one marker, like a fan, like we, we do family night on Friday nights and we get pizza and watch a movie and we draw names and it's a big deal. But one of the big conversations that happened when we were sitting down to talk about this was, I think we need more of that. We need like Sunday game night, Friday night, family night, Tuesday night, you know, blah, blah, blah night. Not every night, but maybe three or four things throughout the week that bring us joy, that connect us as a family, that are markers in time and really like putting aside, we're not just twiddling our thumbs. Because I think that's what I'm, what I saw over the summer was a lot of thumb twiddling, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with kids being bored, but I was like in the dark winter, I don't know that I, I don't know it's going to feel as good to thumb twiddle. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults. Hello, future-focused parents. Welcome to another episode of Raising Adults. Kira and Dina back with you today. And before we dive into our episode, we just want to thank our newest FFP member. I believe her name is pronounced Anita, but I'm not totally sure. But welcome, Anita. Thanks for joining us. We love having you and appreciate your support of not only our podcast, but the other work we do here at Future Focused Parenting. And especially as we get into today's topic, I think membership is appropriate. We're talking kind of about membership. I think I see it as a little bit of a community of future-focused parents. You're accessing the content that we bring you, but it's also supportive to know there's other people who care about raising adults. And I think with what we're going to talk about, the people around you really matter as we go into what we're calling the long, dark winter. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Really? It's like a movie trailer. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Depressing. No one's going to listen to this episode. They're going to be like, I don't want to think about that. Long, dark winter. Forget about it. Where is the short, vibrant spring? (laughs) But no, Kira, seriously, tell us kind of what sparked this idea for you because it is really valid. Yeah. So a friend of mine posted on Facebook this just really lovely PSA almost. And they were saying, you know, I want you... As your friend, I want to encourage you to think about the winter that's coming, the fact that it's going to look different, the fact that some of our coping tools that we were using in the summer are going to be taken from us, and how are you going to care for yourself over the winter where we're less connected, it's darker, it's rainier, we can't get outside as easily, to just really think about what are some things you can put into place, what are some coping strategies, what are some things that spark joy in your life that you can make sure that you've got prepped and ready. And I thought, wow, like what a future-focused way of thinking about that. And it sparked in our family a discussion about this where I was like, we need a family meeting. I want to know what the kids think about How am I going to help you cope this winter? What are some things you would really like to hold on to over the winter? How can Dave and I support each other? He sent a link on his post to something called Spoon Theory, which I had never heard of before. But it talks about basically, here, I'll read the quote because I looked it up because I was like, that is really interesting. So it, it talks about spoons are a visual representation used as a unit of measure to quantify the amount of mental and physical energy a person has available for activities of living and productive tasks 
throughout the day, week, month. Each activity requires a certain number of spoons, which will only be replaced as the person recharges through rest. A person who runs out of spoons has no choice but to rest until their spoons are replenished. And so what he was saying is, you know, find, figure out what your spoons are and figure out how you're going to keep the spoons in play. And I just thought that was so brilliant. And so I thought it was a great thing for us to talk about and share, you know, what are we thinking about that? What can parents be doing to think about how they're going to support their kids through this time? And equally importantly, how are they going to make sure they're getting the support that they need to feel joy in a season that might feel quite dark? For sure. And I think this goes into the larger idea of being future focused anytime we're coming into a new season, whether it's something as simple as making sure your kids have the right clothes for the weather that's coming, all the way to things like what you're describing with self-care, which you and I are both big on and feel like it's extra important as parents. We really can't give from an empty tank. And so we talk about this quite a bit on raising adults. How do you care for yourself as a parent? In order to be a future-focused parent, you've got to be taking good care of the parent as well. It's actually true. I mean, I lose my ability to be as cognitively effective and as future-focused when I'm frazzled or tired or fill in the blank, hungry, angry, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's also a piece here about the modeling that this enables us to do as parents for life. I mean, this is a weird season. And to be able to model for our kids, like, hey, I am thinking ahead about this. I want to set our family up for success. I want to set you up for success. And there's actually a way that we can do that. What an amazing life lesson for our kids to take with them, even when COVID's done, into their adulthood of, wow, when I see a hard season coming ahead of me, I remember my parents sat us down and talked about how am I going to cope and what are my tools? And, you know, so I think there's a really lovely piece that can be taken from this for the longevity of your child's experience here on earth, <laughs> not just for this season. Yeah, that's really true. So I'm guessing that's partly encompassing your why as well. I mean, this modeling and all of that, but was there more to your why for this? I think my main why is my overarching why of mentally healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. And wow, if ever there was a reminder of, wow, yeah, I got to prep for that. I got to make sure that my kiddos can be mentally healthy and well during this season, and it is going to look different. And it, I think it made me very aware that I had fallen into some coping mechanisms in the summer of being outdoors and socially distant play dates and that kind of thing that were suddenly going to get taken away. And if I wasn't prepared, that could feel really shocking. So definitely the why was that, that mental health piece. How about you? Yeah, I think my why is similar in terms of just noticing the things I've gravitated toward for now. And actually, this is interesting because Scott and I have already been talking about this and what the things are even that some other businesses have put into place that just won't be feasible. And how are they going to operate? How are we going to operate? What's going to happen? And so it brings up a lot of questions. But my why is really when I notice things I'm using that are going to get taken away, I have to be intentional to replace them. I think for me, if things just go away and something hasn't replaced them, I notice that deficiency and then it crops up in other things, including maybe my attitude, which is not great for the other members <laughs> of my family. No, I think that's such a fabulous fabulous point to be thinking about that replacement because even with like when you think about cognitive behavioral therapy or you know those kinds of things that's what you're doing is you're replacing one thing with another so replacing something that wasn't working with something that does work and so some of these things that did work are going to stop working <laughs> and so we need to think exactly. about what are we replacing them with I love that 
That's right. And I probably should at least clarify what I meant by businesses. That sounds kind of weird. But as most of our listeners know, we're up here in the Pacific Northwest. And so what sparked this conversation for my husband and I was that one of the great ways many of the restaurants here have been able to cope with limited capacities during the pandemic is putting people outside. And at least up here near Seattle, outdoor dining is not really a thing after like October or even in October. So we were talking about like if we lose that option to just sit out on the patio and eat or whatever, what will happen? And that's kind of what sparked it. So I felt like I'd better explain that because like what are businesses doing that's going to go away? (laughs) But, But up here, really, it's a thing. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that's a great example of something that our family has leaned on a lot, you know, is being able to just go eat outside and feel safe and be outdoors and be together in this little slice of normalcy. And yeah, bye bye. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's I think it's such an important conversation. I hate that we have to have it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, I remember, I'm sure you do too. Like at the beginning when COVID first hit, you and I were like, how much do we want to make this about COVID? You know, because we don't want it to all be about COVID. But the truth is, it's all about COVID. Like we're in this long stretch of of a major thing and it's not going away. And and so we have to keep that conversation going, right? Right. And it does impact parenting. So ultimately, our conversation was around, well, it's a parenting podcast. And, and then it was like, oh, yeah, parenting in a pandemic. That's a thing. <laughs> so yeah, that's real. That's yeah. really happening. That's really happening. For a long, long time. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So should we talk hows? Because I'm curious about your conversations. And I know it must look so different in your house because you've got really just the one teen who's, you know, far more more self-sufficient than my two. So the self-care piece is going to look different and and helping him is going to look very different as well. Yeah. And really, I mean, our house are pretty simple. I'll probably mostly turn this over to you today just because not only the age and stage of your children, but I think also just the differences in what the conversations are like, because I'm mostly having them with my spouse. I mean, honestly, but for us, the the big thing that's been helpful for Mark, we did kind of notice him going into a hole when his main hobby was taken away. And as our listeners, most of you have heard, you know, he, he really loves acting. That's kind of his jam. And the ability to be in plays was just gone. Literally, he's no longer at a rehearsal. He's no longer at a show. He's that's just gone. And at first, you can kind of keep it up for those few first weird weeks where everyone was on a stay at home order or whatever. But we really did notice him kind of like collapsing in on himself almost is how I would describe it. And I think the things that have helped is he's one of those rare I'm finding at least throughout the country, this is more the anomaly than the rule. He's one of those rarer ones. He's He is back in school in person. So I saw that like kind of perk him up a little bit, although admittedly, he really didn't feel it was what he was hoping for. And then secondly, just recently in our area, gyms reopened and my son, once he could work out, oh my goodness, mm. just amazing how much that helped. And we've even gone together, which has been great, like to have a little bit of like mother son bonding. Let's go work out. And it's not like we're side by side. We're doing different things, but I have the car ride with him on the way to the gym. I see him at the gym. We have the car ride back home. And I think that's been a little, a little tank filler as well. And it's so great too. You're releasing that dopamine and those endorphins as you exercise, which are those feel good chemicals in your body. So I think with him, it was kind of about, okay, acting still off the table, what can we put there instead? And so when gyms opened, that was really helpful. I love that. You know, it's funny you should bring that up because I don't think I realized how much exercise was how I was coping during COVID until my surgery. And then I couldn't work out for six weeks. And it was like, 
I, I felt it. I even said to Dave, I was like, this is not good. I'm not coping well. And I and I've never been someone who used exercise to cope. So it was kind of I didn't see that coming. But I really like pretty much since COVID hit have been working out four or five times a week just to, you know, it. It was feeling good and I was releasing a lot of my physical tension and blah, blah, blah. Not, not really realizing that it was having that impact or that that's why I was doing it. I was like, oh, it's good for my body. And then all of a sudden it was gone and I was like, oh my gosh, like I cannot walk enough. I cannot because I'm allowed to walk, right? So it's like I cannot walk fast enough or long enough to get these, <laughs> get these feelings out. So I think that's such a good point. Like, and, and you add to that with, you know, littlers. How do you keep your littlers active in the cold, dark winter of not being able to go outdoors? So I love yes, the Kira. idea of a gym. <laughs> How do you do that? Why don't you enlighten us all? What's going to be happening at your house? Oh, my goodness. Well, I think the first thing that we talked about as a family is having some markers during the week. And you and I touched on this early, early on when we were talking right. about COVID. But we talked about like one marker, like a fa- like we, we do family night on Friday nights. And we get pizza and watch a movie and we draw names and it's a big deal. But one of the big conversations that happened when we were sitting down to talk about this was I think we need more of that. We need like Sunday game night, Friday night, family night. Tuesday night, you know, blah, blah, blah night. Not every night, but maybe three or four things throughout the week that bring us joy, that connect us as a family, that are markers in time and really like putting aside, we're not just twiddling our thumbs. Because I think that's what I'm, what I saw over the summer was a lot of thumb twiddling, which is fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with kids being bored, but I was like, in the dark winter, I don't know that I, I don't know it's going to feel as good to thumb twiddle. So putting some of those markers in our week so there's things to look forward to is one of the things that we talked about doing. The other thing we've done is set up some physical activity for the kids. So I run with Rhiannon twice a week. And Dave runs with Reese twice a week, and that's pretty much rain or shine. And that's the plan because they have to be active. It's a great way for us to connect. And, you know, we had to carve that time out. Like, that's, like, written in the schedule now. These are the times that I run with Rhiannon, and Dave runs with Reese around the same time. And we had to make the time for that. You and I talk all the time about you're not going to, like, find the time to do these things. You have to carve them out, build them into your schedule. So we've done that. And so that's one of the ways that we are, I think, going to help keep them physically active, stay connected together. And then we sort of delayed to a later conversation that's still coming of, you know, give some thought to other things that are going to bring you joy during this time. Um, And so one of the things I'm thinking about is investing in some really good rain gear for the whole family so that we can be outdoors, so that we could, you know, if other families are doing that as well, we could still be socially distant together. Um, Dave and I have talked about putting heat lamps on our patio so that we could have socially distant visits with friends and like a tarp over the top or something. So just, you know, getting creative about the different ways that we can fill our buckets and replenish our spoons, as it were, over this time. That's really smart. I think two things. Now, my kid version was how can we get him active, right? And Because the main thing he would normally choose wasn't available to him. And so again, it's that thinking outside the box and picking something else, replace it for now. And I think this is worth thinking about for you listeners too. If you have a parenting partner, really thinking about how do we take care of this part too? Because the relationship, I think when we go into these long seasons, and this one will probably feel a little bit longer (laughs) and a little bit more challenging, is taking care of that is part of how we take care of ourselves too. Like feeling like my adult relationship is healthy. So we actually have come up with two things that are really helpful. And I'm going to tell you both of those right after we take a quick break. 
We are so excited that we've recently rolled out membership and just wanted to take a brief moment to highlight that for our listeners. It's very easy. You simply go to our website, futurefocusedparenting.com, and you'll see a membership tab. And so when you click on that, everything is available to you there, including the three different tiers of membership, because there are different levels at which you can join. It includes great things all the way from free downloadable resources to discounts on our online materials and programs, all the way up to where you get some group coaching with Kira and I. And we would love to have you join the FFP family and take advantage of those great resources. So again, super easy. We'd love to welcome you in futurefocusedparenting.com and just click on membership. And especially with today's topic, if you think that that extra support might be helpful as you go into this long winter and maybe a very different season than past winters, then we'd particularly like to extend the invitation to join the FFP family. We'd love to walk alongside you during this time. I told you I was going to tell you the two things that Scott and I have done that have been game-changing, and they really have, and they're going to sound small. But one is changes of scenery. I have noticed actually ever since the beginning of the pandemic that once we were stuck inside our own house for so long, changes of scenery actually felt really refreshing. And so that is something that we've kept. And I understand that every family is going to have different comfort levels with what that means. So it might not mean literally leaving and going on a trip. I'm not saying that. But sometimes just change of scenery, huge. Go to a park you've never been to before. Maybe visit a restaurant you've never been to or go get takeout from a restaurant you've never been to and maybe eat it somewhere different. There's something to be said about, oh, I'm not looking at these same four walls. And we have found that to be really helpful. Now for us, I think we're on maybe what some people would call like the more comfortable end. And so we have done a little bit of traveling, just road trips and things like that. And that's been really helpful. And we have talked about doing that again as we come into winter. We live somewhat near a mountain pass. So we are going to have to be cognizant of when it's no longer maybe as safe to go over the mountains. But we've talked about, is there a drive we can do? Is there a way we can go maybe look at some snow because it doesn't really snow here in the lowlands very much and it'll feel like something different, like, oh, winter wonderland. Now let's go back home where it's dry. <laughs> but um, so change of scenery has been a big one. And some of it almost happened by accident. One time, I just had to get out. And so we did and we left. And then we were like, oh, we feel we all felt better. So we've kind of glommed onto that and said, oh, there's probably something to that then. And the second one is we're slowly getting life back. Some of us maybe even having an appointment here or a meeting there. And we have found that if you use that as an anchor point, to add something fun to, it's built in. You don't have to like look for it and go, well, the weeks all just look the same and it's all running together. If there is maybe, oh, I just have that one one-off meeting or this random thing that is now in my schedule, what could we add to it to make it fun? So I'll give you just a tangible example. We lead a blended family group, as I've talked about on the podcast. And for a long time, we were relegated to meeting on Zoom, as so many things were. We've just started meeting socially distanced again in person. So that's an anchor event in our week. We know there's blended family group. So what we've done is said, you know what, we're going to leave early for that and make it a little date night. And so it can be really simple. I mean, last week it literally was takeout and going on a walk, but it gives us that little bit of time together anchored to this thing we already have scheduled. So we also can't like wiggle out of it. You know how easy it is to be like, oh, we should have a date. And then you just never do it. So yeah. because it's anchored to something that's already happening, 
it doesn't get missed. And that's been really helpful too. I love those so much. And I just love the idea of not forgetting to care for your relationship. There's so many different aspects of care here. We have to do good self-care. We have to care for our kids well. We have to help them care for themselves well. And then we also, if we're in a relationship, need to be caring for that relationship as well. I think that's great. You made me think of the single best investment I've made in COVID. And you're going to laugh. I feel like you are especially going to just cringe at this, but I'm telling you it was game changing. I bought a five-gallon bucket and a toilet seat that goes on top of it. And it goes on trips with us. And it's been game-changing because we're, we are not comfortable yet using public restrooms. And it's enabled us to, you know, be out for the entire day and not have to worry about going to the bathroom. Mm. And it's terrible and awful. And I can't believe I own it. Every time I look at it in the garage, I'm like, ugh. But, <laughs> I mean, game-changing. Game-changing. Because you're right. That change of scenery, I'm so glad you brought that up. Especially, I think, once we get more homebound and it's less summertime is so important. We go on drives at least twice a week where it's like, let's just get in the car and drive anywhere, anywhere. I don't care where it is. Um, And I play a game with the kids called left, forward, right. And so I'll come out of the house and I'll say, okay, am I going left, forward or right? And left. Okay. And then the next cross street, left, forward or right. You know, and it's just fun for them. Like Mm -hmm. we end up in different spots, but it gives us something to do that is outside of our home. But even when it's raining, we can be in our car. So I think that change of scenery is key. And then what are the power tools that you need to be able to sustain being away from your four walls? So if you're comfortable using a public restroom, it's not an issue. If you're not thinking about that, I also, I'm going to be totally honest, I own a Shiwi and it's pretty great. So I've got my little shiwi and I've got my little toilet and and, and we're happy clams. As we, I don't even as know we, what that is. I'm a little afraid to ask. A shiwi is a little device that goes over the female parts to create a male part. So it gives you a penis oh. so that you can oh. pee in the woods without squatting. Okay. I've never heard of that. It's Already. wonderful. It's And I bought the knockoff version because the Shiwis are expensive. I got a Go Girl. And it's great. Like, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh I mean, goodness. really, like, it was game-changing to suddenly own products that enabled us to be outside of our house for long periods of time. You know, sure. it was just huge, huge. Yeah. So I think, like, those ways of thinking about you know, creative thinking around how can I take something that I need, which is, you know, a change of scene and make that work? What are the tools I need to be successful at that? I think is really important. Yeah. Got to get the tools. And this also reminds me of, well, taking care of yourself too. And so for you listeners who maybe hadn't heard it, one of the things I've added into my life that was really game changing was adding my self-care to my to-do list. And I think as I go into winter, that is going to become even more important. And it also becomes pivotal when you know that something is coming up. Like I'm going to need to recharge after that or for, or in some cases I'm going to need to recharge before that and just writing it down so it doesn't go away or draw yourself a picture. I mean, not everyone is a list maker. I can appreciate that. But I think that has been, I don't know, I guess just personally during the pandemic, it's been even more important. And like, for example, I just started a new thing on Monday. So I knew Sunday I was going to probably not sleep that night. My mind would be racing, whatever. And so I wrote down like, read, relax, take a bath. I had like all these line items (laughs) (laughs) just because I thought then if one or two get missed, one of them's bound to happen. 
So it's, it's really, that's really helpful if you can find a way. And for you, like I said, it might not be a list, but can you find a way that your self-care becomes non-negotiable? If you can do that, because at least here again, I'm like speaking from such a Pacific Northwest perspective, but I know I'm going into six or seven months of gray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I have mm-hmm. to like, what what will bring me a little joy? Even if it's just like, I cracked open a magazine today or I worked out, whatever it is for you, what is your way to make it non-negotiable? I'd, I would challenge you to get on the bus with that because if you're going into a season, even if you live where the weather is beautiful and you can still get outside, I still think that this is going to look very different than years past. And having those ways to make sure you don't end up on the back burner will be really helpful. Well, I think it comes back to that thing that we talk about all the time, which we brought up earlier, which is you have to make time for it. You're not going to just, oh, look, I have ample time to meet my needs. Like that's just not going to happen. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so you have know. to make time. So I think if we if like if we're wrapping up here and we're thinking about what's the what's the takeaway? I think what we're saying, listeners, is start by looking at what's going to go away. Then look at what can you replace it with, right? What's going to bring you joy? What can you keep and what's going to go away that needs replacement? What tools do you need to make that successful? And then make the time for it, carve it into your schedule, whether that's your list, your calendar, whatever it is. And that is going to set you up with that future focused mentality for a much greater chance at feeling successful this winter, feeling joyful, feeling happy and like your spoons are strong. If you kind of follow that pattern, you're that much more likely to to weather the winter well. Hey, look what I did there. That was a lot of W's. It really was. You weathered the winter well. And you set me up beautifully for our quote and our closing today, which I really appreciate. Because the bottom line is with all of those things you just mentioned for those practical takeaways, they take some thinking. And my quote today is actually by William Shakespeare himself. Oh. All things are ready if our mind be so. So you get your mind in that place and then you let the activities follow. And that will really help you be future focused as you head into the dun 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 long dark winter. winter. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today. We love you all. We're so thankful to those of you who've joined the FFP family via membership. But we're also thankful to those of you who just tune in each week and have subscribed and downloaded, rated, and reviewed our podcast. We got some mind-blowing reviews just recently and have been so blessed by those. So thank you for your kind words and for just being faithful and along for the ride with us on this wild parenting journey. Just want to remind you that if you ever hear an episode and maybe have a question off the back of that, or if you have an episode topic you'd like us to tackle and you want to throw that our way, you can always reach us via email. Our email is info at futurefocusedparenting.com. And we'd also welcome your follows on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Future Focused Parenting. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer, recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my office against the throw pillows. And our podcast is edited by the amazing Allison Preisinger. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening. <laughs>